It's Parkinson's law. If you've ever heard of that, that's where, you know, if the amount of time we allot for something is the amount of time it's going to take. Uh, I have a little bit of a confession to make uh, at the start of this episode. Uh, I was a struggling entrepreneur for a number of years, certainly well over a decade. And it wasn't until I read the book Profit First by Mike McCallowitz that my business started to flourish and not just business flourish, but life flourish. Uh, it's a different approach to financing your business and and looking at your business in a different way. Uh, and as the name suggests, as profit first. And so I was really excited to come across a profit first for real estate investing book, which has recently launched. And the author, David Richter, is my guest today. Uh, he's an active real estate investor who's been essential in closing over 850 deals and helping build a real estate business go from five deals a month to over 25. But what he realized was that there was as much money, as much as there was money coming in, the same amount, if not more money, was going out. Uh, and he just saw that as a unique opportunity to help real estate investors uh, to set up a uh, you know, a more solid and financial footing and, and actually enjoy the profits of their business to to live the lifestyle and, and do the things and follow their purpose uh, that they had uh, when they originally got into real estate investing. And he shares in the podcast a fantastic story around this. Um, so as I mentioned, he's the author of The Profit First for Real Estate Investing, and he also has a profit advising company called Simple CFO Solutions. And I think you're really going to find this a transformational interview and, and conversation around uh, Profit First for real estate investing. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast, helping you build your real estate personal brand. If you want to stand out from the crowd, attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time, you're in the right place. My name is Paul Kopkut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes you, the real estate business owner, brandtastic. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can spend less time marketing your business and still get the results you want. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. So welcome, David, uh, to the REI Branded Podcast. Uh, Congratulations on the new book. Um, one of the things that kind of struck me right away was you've been a, you're an experienced real estate investor. You've been in real estate for a while. So what was it that you were seeing in real estate investing that was causing you to kind of rethink the whole finance element part of it and, and kind of led you down this path? Yeah, so that's a great question. I got started in real estate about 11 years ago and read Rich Dad Poor Dad. So that's what that's what got kicked me. You know, it was a book that changed my life, changed my thinking. So I started working with an investing company and I worked there for five years, which was an incredible experience, better than college, better than anything. Like it just was hands-on in the trenches learning real estate. And we grew that from like five deals a month to 25 or 30 deals a month. And so that gave me a lot of experience. I sat in every single seat there as well too. So I saw it from all the way from acquiring the property to the finances, to selling the property, property management, like everything in between. And I saw one of the last seats I sat in before I moved across the country was I sat in the finance seat. So that was a lot of fun to me because I liked the numbers, but then I liked learning 
you know, from acquiring the property to selling it or to renting it, like how that, how the money flowed through the business. But what got me really, really in the kick of like helping people was as much as we were making and like as much as was coming in the top, that much or more was coming out the bottom. We would have six or seven figure months and we'd be spending that much too. And it's like, well, where are we going? Like, why are we doing all of this activity? Why do we have 25 people if we're not going to actually be profitable? So that would, to me was just very eye opening. And that was one of the first things that dawned on me. Like, I think this is a big need because I see this, I feel like I see this a lot at masterminds I attend or RIA groups or, you know, RIA clubs, the real estate investment club. So that was like, I just kept seeing that over and over going to places, but then seeing it firsthand was just very eye opening. So that was one of the big things that helped me see there was a need. Then from there, I started working with another investor. Once I, I had built a little portfolio on the side while working there. So sold those, able to move across the country, started working with another investor in the Richmond, Virginia area and said right away, like, I need to see your finances. I need to know your numbers to see how you're doing. Like, I know there's no hiding behind that, you know, or whatnot. So he let me in and there was, you know, it was a mess. Just like, just like I've come to realize 95% of real estate investors don't have that handle on their numbers and they're a mess and not at any fault of theirs, but that's just how it is with a lot of real estate investors. And that's where I saw like, okay, let's get this cleaned up. Let's get this in order. Like, let's make sure we have the numbers because that gives us control. Like I wanted to have control and I wanted to make sure we can make the best decisions possible. So clean that up, took a few months. Then from there, we also, once we had the numbers, like we would have, we had a big meeting together and I showed him like something that I saw in there was he was super under leveraged on his properties. Like he was only at like 25% loan to value or whatnot, 30% loan to value on some. And so he was able to refinance and get a lot of the money that he had poured into his business, into his properties back out again. And it was a, it was a significant amount, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he was like, this has been life-changing. Like knowing the numbers, I feel in control of my business finally. And then being able to take the money out too. He's like, this was like found, found money for me. Like I had no idea until I had my numbers that I, this was even a possibility. So then I was like, bing, you know, like this is I need to make sure the real estate investing world has a handle on their money and can like really know their numbers. So that's what got me kicked off and like seeing the need and then seeing how to fulfill that need and then being able to say, okay, how do we actually, how do we actually help more people? And, and I don't think it's exclusive to real estate investors. Oh, I think no. a lot of what, and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to put my hand up and say equally guilty until I came across profit first, but yeah. What what do you think it is? What is the underlying reason that people don't get control of the numbers? Or what is it you see, particularly in the real estate investors, that, yeah. that is slipping through and, and making them not have that kind of control? Fear. One word. It's fear. It's no, We have not been trained in school. Most of us, especially the entrepreneurial real estate investor, did not go to school for business accounting and like finance. So we don't get that training on man just basic money management. Do we even get much training on that? Like in school, just about balancing a checkbook, much less a business and the business finances. 
So I think it intimidates a lot of investors and a lot of business owners, the financial side does. So they do, they abdicate the responsibility for managing the money to a bookkeeper or an accountant that they talk to once a year and don't want to think about it until tax time comes around when they have to. You know, so that's where I feel like a lot of people just give it to someone and hopefully they can help make it work. And I'll just go out there and get the deals until one day they wake up and they're in bankruptcy court because they've let all their money go. You know, they have no idea where all their money went and they went, you know, and it's gone. Everything's gone. So that's where it's like a lot of investors, I feel like if they just had knowledge, knowledge conquers fear. So that's where getting this knowledge out, that's why the book, that's why the message, that's why I love Profit First, like the whole the whole story and message behind it, because it it arms people with that knowledge. But that's where I see probably the biggest thing why people don't look at their finances because it's that fear because we haven't been taught. It's not our fault. We don't get this training and especially not the simple training because even if there's CPAs, accountants, bookkeepers out there, they're usually speaking another language, a foreign language. You know, So it's like until this concept came along, this put it in a very, Profit First put it in very simple terms for the entrepreneur just to be able to manage the cash. I think you did leave one person out. There was the accountant, the bookkeeper, and the one below that is the shoebox. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's where all the re- yes. that's where all the receipts go. So exactly. So that's great. So tell us a little bit about the the profit first approach. So a lot of people listening won't have heard of that. So talk us through what profit first means. So if you're a real estate investor, you might have even heard of the mindset before, but I'll get that. I'll get to that. There's two There's two steps. There's two major points to profit first, in my opinion. There's one mindset and number two, the practical application. So first, the mindset of profit first. What are, What is the whole mindset around it? Well, we are fed this formula and we as real estate investors, we love our formulas, but we're fed a formula that most business entrepreneurs are fed, business owners are. It's sales minus expenses equals profit, meaning our accountant and other people are telling us you make a sale, you pay your bills and everyone else and their mother. And then what you have at the end of the day is what you have to spend. You know, like that's your profit at the end of the year or whenever. But that puts us into a state of always putting our expenses first. We're always thinking about, okay, I need to I'll pay all of this and hopefully one day I get the benefit. That's where the profit first formula says, well, no, it's sales minus profit equals expenses, meaning I make a sale, I take my profit first, and then the expenses are what's left over to pay the, and fund the business growth and everything. But it's making sure you're healthy first and you are actually profitable. The problem is, I feel like we've heard that mindset from a lot of different areas. Like Rich Dad, if you're a real estate investor, you've probably read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You might have read The Richest Man in Babylon, or you might be a reader, or you go to masterminds and they tell you, like, pay yourself first, do this. And we hear that message as real estate investors, but it doesn't always sink in because that's all that we've heard. We've just heard a message or we've heard a mindset before. Now you're hearing a formula for it as well, too. So how do we put that into practical use? How do we make that a reality? How do we make profit a priority? And how do we make profit a habit inside of our business? So that's what this whole system is about, is about making profit a habit inside of your business. So the second portion is the practical application. And for that, to save on time here, make sure, because I in the book that I write, I give like three steps and go in depth, but I'll give you the big step there and the big concept behind it. 
The biggest mistake most investors make is having one big bank account where everything goes in, everything goes out, and it's just a cash salad that's being tossed all the time. One day you feel like a king because you've got lots of money in there. The next day you feel like a pauper because of payroll and everything and like marketing expenses went out there and everything's out the door. So that's where having that one bank account doesn't give you control, doesn't really let you see what's your money versus like what to spend on the business. It's just, if I have the money in there, I'm going to spend it. It's Parkinson's law. If you've ever heard of that, that's where, you know, if the amount of time we allot for something is the amount of time it's going to take. Meaning if I give myself three weeks, it's going to take me three weeks. If I give myself three days, it'll take three days to do a project. Same thing with our money. If we have one account and there's a bunch of money in there, we're tempted to spend every single penny that's in there. If we don't have a bunch of money in there, it makes us a little bit more apprehensive to spend some, spend the money. So that's where the one of the big practical steps is setting up physical bank accounts to separate out your money. There's a psychological effect there. But so what are those, what are those bank accounts? Because this is the big thing we get asked all the time. So what okay, what are those? So I call them in my book the golden trio of accounts first that you should set up because I'm a big movie buff. I love movies. I love the big epic stories like Star Wars, Harry Potter, all that stuff. And those particular epic sagas have three main heroes like Luke, Han, Leia, you know, that are always pushing the story forward for good. They're always making sure good wins in the end. And that's where in your business, you right now are living out your epic saga, your story as a real estate investor. You need to make sure you have three main heroes always pushing your story forward for good, that you have something besides the expense account that is making sure that you are actually profitable and healthy and going to win and have a good ending of your story. So what are those three accounts? Number one, the profit account. Number two, the owner's compensation account. And number three, the owner's tax account. So what are those What are those four? Number one, profit is for you starting the business. You started the business. It's your blood, sweat, and tears. It's you trading 40 hours, working for someone else, working 80 hours for yourself. It's all that stuff, making sure you get the actual return from your business. And you take quarterly from the profit account to make sure like this is the reward for having a profitable business. The second account, the owner's compensation, is making sure if you're working in the business, that you're paying yourself consistently, like on a W-2 or salary or distributions or whatever. That's like every week, bi-weekly, monthly, however often you need to get paid for doing the work in the business. Because if you're not getting paid and you can't pay yourself, you don't have a business. Then the third thing, owner's tax, like making sure that when tax time doesn't comes around, you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off saying like, shoot, I got to do another deal or I got to sell this over here. I got to sell a rental, whatever it might be. What? Why don't you actually over the course of the year, save for your taxes. So that way tax time comes and you're able to actually pay the taxes and not have to worry about that and make sure. So that's what that account is for. So those are three. I love those accounts. The golden trio accounts are for you, the business owner. There's also one other account that I highly recommend. It's called an income account. That's basically just a holding bucket where the money comes into that income account and it sits there till you transfer it to those other accounts. I like to call it the control account because now you're telling your money where to go, like the profit account, the owner's comp, OPEX, you know, those other accounts, making sure that you're transferring it there instead of just having that one account where things go in, things go out. Hopefully we have enough next month. So now it's coming into one account and you're pushing it out. The other account you already have is your operational expense account. So those are the five 
fundamental accounts, profit, owner's comp, owner's tax, income, and then the OPEX account to make sure you have foundational. So now you don't just have one big account where everything's going in and out of. You're able to see now where's my profit? What is my owner's comp? What is what have we saved for taxes so far? Because if you have one account, the biggest mistake investors make about that one account is stealing from themselves. They end up stealing from themselves, from their future, and being able to really take their business where they want to go. So that's the practical step of then, once it actually clicks, because this clicked for me years ago, once I was started doing this, that... I finally understood the mindsets of like Robert Kiyosaki and like these other books that I read and even Profit First was this is making sense. Now now I see that I'm going to be profitable. I can choose my profitability and then build my business around it instead of the vice versa, hoping and praying we had a profit at the end of the, the year. And so there you go. That's the practical steps and the foundation of Profit First. And, and I can tell you're as enthusiastic about it as I was when I had that click in my head yes yeah when i've read profit first and i finally tried it i think the interesting though thing with profit first though is it goes that just that one step further and putting that one percent two percent three percent eventually ten percent pure profit yes and i it, it never um it never clicked with me you know why keep doing that i could just keep that in the, the owner's comp until i went for that first quarter and i had and it wasn't much. It was less than a couple of hundred dollars, but it was pure profit. And I could go treat myself. Yes. The, the reward, the right. reward for the, the hard work that you put in for that quarter. Exactly. And now it's, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can start really think about the freedom things that you want to do, which is what a lot of real estate investors get in real estate for in the right. first place. Exactly. Right. Like, we built ourselves into our own rat race. Like we try and get out of the rat race, you know, like our W2 job, but then we build it to where we're living deal to deal and we're forcing ourselves to live that way. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to live that way. There's a better way to be able to do this. So yeah, I absolutely love that because how do you really get for the, everyone wants time freedom, financial freedom. Like they're looking for the big freedom tickets and you can't have that unless you have a system in place to keep the money and buy that freedom for yourself. Like you have to have that. This is also not something that you need in the future, like in this far away nebulous time event, you know, like, oh, then I'll be financially free. It's like, well, if you start the good habits now, it only gets better. Like you can start buying a little bit of freedom now, but then you'll be able to buy more and more and more until one day you'll be you'll be completely financially free. So that's where it's like getting in those good habits now buying your freedom, getting that taken back and putting it in your hands finally. And I, it, I know what's going through people's minds as well when you were talking about the five bank accounts, because my immediate reaction is, well, I'm going to have to pay charges on five bank accounts. So I went, I went to my bank, I went to my business bank and I said, this is what I want to do. First of all, they couldn't get their head around the concept at all. Like they just completely struggled. And I'm sure you've heard that a hundred times. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But then we sat down and the guy finally kind of started to twig and he said, well, why don't you just open deposit accounts? Because if you're only moving money twice a month, the 10th and the 25th, I've done mine today. This is the 10th. <laughs> so, yeah. um, then he said, you don't need a checking account. You just need a deposit account and there's no charge. Hmm. So that's basically what I have. I have an operating checking account and everything else is deposit. So I actually even earn a few cents, literally, literally a few cents, but in each one of those accounts each month. Oops. And it, and it and it is possible, but what would you say to? Because I know 
a lot of professionals and probably accountants, bookkeepers in particular, again, struggle with this concept. It's kind of counterintuitive to the way that they've gone through school, the way that they've been taught. They go back to what you were saying earlier. This is how you run a business, sales, expenses, whatever's left over is yours. Right. How do you help real estate investors overcome that? What What do you say to them when they're going and talking to their bookkeeper or an accountant? Well, I tell them, make sure you get someone on board that's for-profit first, because this system is, it's completely different than what the bookkeepers and accounts are used to, because they're used to working with a profit and loss, working with the balance sheet, working with the financial statements. An accountant or CPA's real client is the IRS. Let's just be honest. Like They're there to make sure the IRS gets what they are due. And they're, to make sure you too, like that, you don't end up in an orange jumpsuit, but really they're making sure that your books are balanced to make sure that the IRS gets what they're, what they're due. Profit first is about you, the business owner being healthy and like managing your finances. So that's where if you go to them and say, here, please read this book. I'm going to implement this with or without you. <laughs> you know, like I need to make sure that we are on the same page. So like saying, like, I'd love to be on the same page with you. I want you to read this book. I want to start setting this up. And they might say, well, oh, that's, I can do that in QuickBooks or I could do this. No, you have to set up bank accounts. You have to separate them out. You can't take some of these shortcuts. So, you know, like there's different ways to implement it, but don't take shortcuts. Like don't not set it up because your accountant says like, oh, I could do this in QuickBooks for you because then you won't see it. Are you going to go into QuickBooks more? You know, like, no, the real estate investor or business owner is not going to do that. They're, we're going to check our bank accounts. So like, you need to be able to see it from your level, from the entrepreneur's level of what drives you. What drives us? Cash, cash in the accounts. That's how we make a lot of our decisions. So going to them and saying, this is going to help me be a better business owner. If you come to them from that aspect and saying, I want to be on the same page, unless they're just unless they're just someone that you already know you want to stop working with, then they're probably going to be on board with saying, yeah, that sounds good. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Because on our, on their end, like a bookkeeper's end, the transfers take two seconds to, to book inside of QuickBooks. It's just simply a click of a button. Here's tra It's a transfer between accounts. They don't even have to like do anything else, but click transfer. So that like the back end work is not much for them. It's the, it's the making sure that they understand why you're doing it. I'm doing it to become a better business owner and to become more profitable. If you want me to keep paying your bills, I need to set this up, you know, like to make sure that I'm an actual profitable business owner. Right. What would you say to the, I know some real estate investors, bigger portfolios, they split every property out with a different bank account. So are they then having to split each one of those properties out into four or five separate bank accounts? I just want to stop a second and ask you about your web presence. You know that people are going to Google and check you out online if they want to do business with you. And so it's incredibly important that you have a reliable, secure hosting web service and a stable hosting plan that provides fast site speed. And if you're installing a website for the first time, a nice, easy to use, secure one-click system to install WordPress. That's why I recommend and use Bluehost, which powers more than 2 million websites online and is the number one recommended hosting provider by WordPress. 
It's got 24-7 support, which is really good, free security certificates, and a free domain name registration. Uh, Bluehost Web Hosting is a powerhouse. If you'd like to get a special offer through this podcast, go to the show notes from this episode, click on the Bluehost uh, image or link, and they'll take you straight there to get a special offer. Now back to the show. No, do you think that's right? I think that's overkill because I get that question asked a lot. Like, well, I'm already setting up an account for each new property, and I'm like, okay, that's great. That's great for managing that one property. But if you if you don't want overkill of having four or five accounts, like for your hundred hundred you know portfolio, hundred unit portfolio here, then I would set up master accounts for like a, a portfolio, or maybe you've got different entities. Maybe you've got fifty in this one. 60 and another one, whatever, as you're growing and scaling. But if you're starting out, I would just have one master account for same types of entities. Like if you've got a rental, you know, like a couple different rentals and a couple different LLCs or whatever, or whatever entities that you have them in, then making sure that you have just the master accounts of like, here's, here's the profitability, here's the revenue that's coming in from all my properties. And then I could put them into like, here's the overall profit account for my right uh, buy and hold units or whatever okay that makes sense uh, in looking at uh the research i was doing looking at your background i noticed you hadn't got a finance background as such. <laughs> is, that, is that correct yes, that's correct and, that's and and is that a hindrance or a benefit it is a huge benefit for me because i can speak real estate investor like for the last 10 years, I've done over 850 deals. Like I understand the deal to deal cycle. Like I understand making six, seven figures in a month and spending that much in a month. Like I understand from the entrepreneur's perspective. That's why this message resonated with me so much because I am a real estate investor and that entrepreneur. And like I understood that. So that's where it hasn't been a hindrance. My strength is like putting together a team and like being a CEO and that and whatnot too. So like, I understand like how this system fits in to make sure that our business is healthy and running and functioning and like able to do the mission that we set out to do. So it hasn't been a hindrance in the book process and it hasn't been a hindrance in our actual business too that we have either because I, the people that work with our clients they're the CFOs they they have the backgrounds they have the the bookkeeping accounting you know that type of world and then I bring to them and say this is how you speak to them this is how you actually communicate this is how you have high level meetings and speak their language this is how you implement profit first and giving that framework to the team you know, people that are a lot smarter than I am so that's a it has not been a hindrance at all if anything it's been a benefit because because I do I want to speak to the people that that help me get to where I am too so it's been a it's been a huge benefit and how did you get connected to the profit first element so after that guy said you know like uh, you know, when we got his money, refinanced that investor, that second investor, he looked at me and said, this has been life changing. That's when it clicked. I needed to start a company, you know, like to help investors in, with their money, you know, like from a fractional CFO or part-time CFO to, to talk to them on a higher level than just a bookkeeper or CPA, but give them actual business strategy and financial strategies. So that's where I got that idea. I called a mentor of mine to tell him that idea and said, like, what do you think? He's like, that sounds amazing. Yes, start it. You'll do great. 
So he said also in that same conversation, have you read Profit First? And I said, no, I've never read that book. This was several years ago when I first started. And that's where I downloaded the book, the audio book, because Mike McCallowitz's books are hilarious on audio. So I <laughs> yeah. downloaded the audio. I took 10 pages of notes and finished the book that evening, the same evening I got it and said, boom, this is it. This is the framework that I want to institute as one of the pillars of my company to make sure the cash flow management side of things is covered. So that gave me the framework to be able to start. So that's where I got started. Then once I actually started implementing it with real estate investors and seeing it work and people actually have profitability and be able to not stress about their money, I went to Mike McCallowitz about a year later and said, what do you think about me writing the book, Profit First for Real Estate Investors? and real estate investing because I've seen it work and whatnot and you know, got a meeting with him and he said, yeah, that sounds great. We need to do this because it's a much needed, much needed book for that audience. Awesome. And do you think having witnessed or in, you know, in the cases of many entrepreneurs uh, experiencing those struggles with money and that struggle, that hamster wheel of trying to make money and be profitable, do you think that helps with the embracing of the concept and implementing the concept versus somebody that's maybe thinks they're doing well and they're fairly successful and they're getting a little bit of profit might look at this and go, well, yeah, I'm kind of doing it myself already. Yeah. I think if the, that person's, I think still needs the the help, but yeah, I mean, the mindset of like, oh, this book and this philosophy appeals to a lot of the people that feel stuck that feel stuck in the rat race who want to get out of it. If you are profitable, because I've also seen this too, there's been some people that have come to us that don't have a big mess on their hands or are actually profitable, but then it just takes it to a whole new level because of being able to separate it out, focus on it. It gives it a different, it's a, it's, there is, there's just something psychologically, the effects of actually implementing it and seeing it work that even if you are profitable, you're able to to increase that profit almost exponentially, especially if you're already profitable. But if you're not, <laughs> uh, I have stories and stories of people who have not been profitable, who have turned their businesses completely around. Tell us an example if you've got a good Yeah, good I've got a, got a great example. So <laughs> this, is, this is in chapter two of the book, but I'll give you more of the backstory and even more because after I wrote that book, it's, he's, he's even gone, he's taken it even further. But this guy came to me several years ago and was and had lost $70,000 like in total for the year in his business. Like after selling properties, after doing like with his rentals and everything, he lost 70,000. So he came to us and said, "It's ridiculous. I keep growing, wanting to grow and do these, you know, do fix and flips and have my rentals." He's like, "You know, can you help me?" And so I said, "Yeah, I think this system would be really good because I think it'll give you clarity." So we started implementing. He was a great implementer. Like he he got it, he understood it, and he actually did what we were advising him to do. So he opened up the accounts, even though, you know, like he didn't want to at first, like most people, but he's like, Yeah, okay, I'll go open the accounts. So we started doing that and we started to see just that year. Like he came to us in February of that year. And by the end of the year, he was already, he was already in the positive net 200,000 like of his own. Like he came from losing 70 to making 200 because he was focused on it. But the reason he made that money too is 
halfway through the year, he started seeing profit first work and like the money start to build up. And he said, you know what? I don't need to do as many deals as I was thinking I need to do. And like he slowed down some areas and was like, I'm going to ramp up my rentals and like do more on that side because like I only need a few flips to fund what I'm doing plus what I want to do with my business. So it gave him the option to slow down to say like, oh, I don't need to do as many. And so he stopped doing as many. It gave him that clarity. So then he like flips one property a quarter, has about, I think, 25 to 30 rentals. And, you know, like he was still insanely profitable in that year. And so at the end of the year, after being profitable, he calls me and says, I just had a call with my accountant last year. Last year, when he said, I lost 70,000, I had a call with her and she said, you know what? If I was going into fixing and flipping after looking at your company, I would never do that. So then she calls him the next year and says, wow, looking a lot better this year. So she's like, maybe I would get into fixing and flipping. But then she tells him too, like, because he asked her, what is my tax liability going to be? She's like, yeah, you actually have a tax liability this year because of, you know, like you're profitable. And he's like, yes, I'm actually have to pay tax. Like he was happy because the last few years he'd been so much, you know, in the hole. So then he said, okay, how much do I need to pay? And so with his rentals and with the profitability, like it came out to be like $18,000, you know, like that he actually owed at the end of the year. So he opens up his bank accounts while she's on the phone with him. And he has in his accounts, like $18,100. So he's like, where do I send the money? You know, like, she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's January. I want to pay the money. I want to pay it right now. It's like, I'm looking at my bank accounts, my tax bank accounts, and I'm, I want to send you the money. She's like, okay, like, here you go. So that was last year. Then this year for 2021, he gets it, he calls his accountant again and says, okay, how do we do? Has an even better year this year. And she tells him the amount, you know, like owed for 2021 already. And he's, and he looks at his account. Not only does he have it, he's got 13,000 extra in his tax account. And he's like, I'm giving myself a tax refund this year. <laughs> he's just like going on and on about like just how excited he was to get a refund as a real estate investor, but he's giving it to himself. But he was also able this year to take a two and a half week vacation in an RV with his family right from his profit account. He was also able to, he's a big giver. So he actually wants to set up a camp, a religious camp for the teens of his organization and like was able to fund $35,000 into that account this year and to start that, like to, to actually fund it. So like that profit has unlocked his bigger purpose. Like that's why he started his business was to give and to do these things and to take the time with his family. And like now he's actually seeing that come to fruition. So from going $70,000 upside down to actually being like able to fund these things and being able to, to get where he wants to go has been an incredible journey. I have other stories like that. A lot, some of those are in the book, you know, in Profit First for Real Estate Investing, but that's the one that I'm most proud of at this point. Wow. That's an amazing story. And I, it almost, I know it sounds to many people listening, it's obscene to be celebrating paying taxes, but once right. you get into this, once you get into this, you know, you. I actually do exactly the same. And yeah, I, I look forward to my tax bill. I got my brown envelope let, literally a couple of days ago. Tax, yeah, let's have a look at the bank account. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm good. Yeah. And, end of worry. And end of less, worry, right? stress. Yeah. It's totally. gone. That's awesome. So, okay. So- Purchasing, buying, whether it's property or anything else, is an emotional um, transaction. Yeah. What do you say to 
real estate investors that get caught up in that emotional side. They fall in love with the property, not with the numbers. How do you help them kind of transition uh, that back to the... That's a great question. It's usually because of either bad programming in the past or not knowing the numbers, not knowing what numbers to look at and being and holding them accountable to that. I would say, number one, if you're in that situation, get around a mentor or someone that's going to hold you accountable. So that way you so that way there's always that that last check of like, let's make sure that this is an actual deal and I'm not just getting emotionally involved. If you have a team, that's even better because they're usually not emotionally attached to the property. So like as you grow a team, they just care about their paycheck. They care about that deal closing. They care about, you know, like making sure that that gets done. So as you grow a team, it gets easier in that regard. But if you are just starting out and just going, you know, I would find someone that you respect in the real estate space to be like, hey, could I run this deal by you? I'll even, I'll give you, you know, a thousand from this deal, like whatever I make, or give them some type of value as well too in return. But the value that you will get from that type of stuff to save yourself so much hurt and heartache far exceeds anything that you'll pay out. So like, make sure I would, that would be one big piece of advice. Find someone you respect in the real estate space, have them hold you accountable. So you don't just go off the, go off the rails, buying all the properties just because you're emotionally involved with them. Wonderful. Good advice. You mentioned earlier fractional CFO. Tell us a little bit about what that means. What's the definition? So a lot of people know a bookkeeper. A lot of people know accountant CPAs. And I'll put it into the analogy of a hospital. So in a hospital, you have the you have the nurse. She checks on you daily. That's kind of like the bookkeeper. They're doing the daily tasks, making your number, making sure your numbers are good, you know, like checking on you regularly. Then you've got the, you know, the specialist the CPA, the person who's got that one set of skills for doing the taxes or like, you know, like if it's a who, whatever type of specialist there, foot specialist or whatever that the doctor recommends you to. But then the doctor for your general health, that's like the CFO. That's to make sure you're overall healthy inside of your business, making sure that you have a profit, making sure that they're talking to you on your level of like, not this financial jargon all the time of like, but helping you with really helping you make more income, more bottom line, helping you cut expenses, helping you grow the marketing channels, you know, that should get you more income or like helping you analyze deals or helping you analyze the business in total, helping you analyze the numbers that you should in your business. And that's like, if I had to equate it, they'd be like the doctor, the general person to make sure that your business is healthy overall. And what we do is we do three main things. We do number one, financial clarity, making sure people know their numbers, like that they know where their business stands. Are they healthy? Are they unprofitable? Whatever it might be, bad or good. So that way they at least know the score and they know what problems to address. That's one of the biggest things that we see. People don't know. People are good at solving problems, but sometimes we're not good at uncovering the problems to solve, especially from the financial side if we don't have our numbers. So that's the first thing. The second thing we do is profit first, making sure that we actually have the cash in order. Like, let's make sure you feel in control not only of your numbers, but of your cash flow, making sure you've got the cash in order and then helping you actually grow your net worth. That's the third thing. Like, are you are you building a true net worth outside of the business? And are you really going to be financially free? Like, what is your path to that financial freedom? So that's what a CFO does. They kind of coordinate to the CPA and bookkeeper, make sure that they're doing what they need to do and like just helping like from a leadership perspective, uh, from the financial side. 
Now, we're based up here in, I'm based up here in Canada. Does that, that applies in Canada as much as in the US? Oh, yeah. There's, there's profit first professionals in Canada too that help with this type of thing of like the advisory, profit advising, CFO type as well too. So, yeah, they're, we're all over the place. Okay. Wonderful. I have a couple of questions I always like to ask guests. Um, so, if you'll indulge me for yeah. a second, um, favorite brand or personal brand and why? Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, um, because of his kind spirit, his attitude, I think, I don't think that would probably be one that you might ever get on this podcast, but um, <laughs> because I I do, I have a little calendar here, right here on my desk that my wife got me of like quotes of his of every day of the year and like just the extreme amount of deep thinking that and deep thoughts and deep um, you know, just deep topics that he would talk about to children. I have a daughter right now too. So that helps that this is during this time. And like, she's starting to like that type of stuff. And, you know, that's where that's probably my favorite personal brand, just because of his kindness, his inclusiveness, his being able to, to speak to everyone and speak kindly. I've definitely never had that as a personal brand, but, uh, you're a movie buff. So you probably enjoyed the Tom Hanks Movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. I did very much his, I liked his portrayal and I, I like Tom Hanks. So that helps. All right. Cool. Uh, favorite business book or podcast. So besides profit first and besides my podcast, profit first for real estate investing, my favorite books might be, I always say this one, I've got it behind me here. Uh, Expert secrets by Russell Brunson. It's an amazing book. I really like Russell Brunson and his brand. And then his podcast too, Marketing Secrets. If you want to become, if you want to get marketing principles, and especially now that he bought Dan Kennedy's company, I mean, I would definitely start getting into his world. If you just want to figure out marketing principles, be able to hold your marketing teams accountable and whatnot. So I really enjoy his stuff. Right. Great recommendation. Uh, favorite tool or resource that you're currently using or you're currently enjoying? <laughs> besides google sheets uh like i love google sheets absolutely love it because it's shareable across platforms across people and what we use i use asana for a lot of our tasks to remind me to do stuff uh, i probably you know like i can set it and forget it inside of there also google gmail if you're using that has a snooze function where i could have an email pop up later you know like if i don't need to mess with it now i have it pop up later um, I know this is a lot of tools, but let me give you one more. It's unroll.me for your email. It helps you go through very quickly to unsubscribe and like not get all the junk email in your emails or like if you want to unsubscribe or roll up into one email, a bunch of the emails that you can sift through in the day. So that way, like my inbox is only the emails I need to read. So like I keep that pretty clean, you know, and have a system to roll that up. So unroll.me, um, nice. another cool tool that I use. Nice, nice recommendation. Yeah, I uh, got turned on to um, fairly recently Sanebox. S -A -N -E yes, that's another Box. good one too. Yeah. Okay. And a favorite quote. Favorite quote. I like the one. How you do everything. Anything is how you do everything. So you know, if you're managing something there, if you're managing something small, it translates into how you manage something big. So I want to be a good steward of what I have now, so in the future I can be trusted with more. Wonderful. Love that. So how can people get hold of you, David? What's the best sure. way to get? 
So simplecfosolutions.com, that's our services, but that's also where the book is housed to, um, Profit First for Real Estate Investing. There's a tab up there, takes you to our Amazon link or to a bulk buy link. That's also where our podcast is housed as well too. So you go there, there's the Profit First REI podcast, and that would be one thing. And then as a sometimes when I'm on podcasts, I want to give people tools like Profit First tools. So if you're okay with it, Paul, if they email mm-hmm. less stress, more profit, at gmail.com. If they just email that, it emails them back automatically like tools. I wrote another book, um, a smaller book, like even before this book, um, just about some of the concepts that I teach uh, with what we do. So it sends that back some, and then some exclusive tools for real estate investors um, to use around Profit First. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm just going to say to anybody listening, go out, get this book, uh, Profit First, the original book, completely transformed my business. Uh, I went from struggling entrepreneur to enjoying business, loving business, and in- enjoying the profits from the business. So I'm sure I'm sure Profit First Real Estate Investors, specifically for this audience, is going to be equally beneficial to you and, and have the same impact. So I recommend you definitely go out and get the book. And uh, David, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, what did you think? Was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business and real estate personal brand? So what's stopping you? Get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate personal brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free real estate personal brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have yourself a brandtastic day.